You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, happy Easter, everyone. And if you have a copy of God's Word, turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. It's the last chapter of the first gospel uh, in the New Testament, and let's read about the resurrection. It says this, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, and the angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, don't be afraid. Everybody say, don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come and see where the body was laying. Oh, man. Church, Jesus has risen from the grave. It's Easter 2023. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that today you would just capture our hearts and our minds. Lord, we believe what your word says. God, speak today. Through the foolishness of preaching, I pray. And God, we give you the praise and all the glory. Amen. Amen. Whether you realize it or not, today we celebrate the greatest moment in the history of the world. Whether you like it or not, the date is connected to the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, the only reason we're here today is the resurrection. Your birthday is based on the resurrection. Not the death of Jesus, but when he was risen, when he raised, I always, let's not go there. One, one commentator said this, and I'll read it. it. says, every president, every leader, every ruler, every dictator and tyrant who has ever lived, their reigns, and their birthdays are being recorded historically based on a baby fugitive who was born in a cave or in a manger. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every religion is telling time based on a Jewish carpenter who lived, by the way, before social media, and never traveled more than a couple hundred miles from his home. Church, we are recording history based on the life of Jesus. One word, the resurrection. And if there was no resurrection, our faith would be useless. This preaching this morning would be useless. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you got your copy of God's Word, turn there. It says, if there was no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that, G- or that God raised Christ from the grave, but that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, 
then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have, uh, who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope is in Christ, is only in, for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But then verse 20, look what it says. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, and he is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. He has risen. He has risen indeed. A few verses before that, in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting verse 3, this is Paul speaking. You'd say, what did, the, what did the apostle Paul or what did the disciples talk about after the resurrection, after Jesus ascended into heaven? They only talked about Jesus and him crucified. Look what it says. I pass on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as scripture said. And now I want you, in verse 5 and on, I want you to see something. That Jesus not only was raised, he appeared. He was seen by Peter first and then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Most of them who are still alive, some who have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though he had been born at a wrong time, I, Paul, also saw him. Jesus raised and he appeared over and over. And if anyone was going to refute the resurrection, it would have been then at that time of history. But they didn't. They marveled and they shared it. In fact, that's all they could talk about was that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose from the grave. What's interesting to me, starting in verse 5 through verse 8 there, it says all these different people saw Jesus. There are actually, depending on how you count it in Scripture and how you read Scripture, there are 13 post-resurrection appearances. And to me, those post-resurrection appearances give us resurrection confidence that Jesus did die. He was buried and he was raised from the grave. But the question on my mind today is what was on Jesus' heart as he appeared to the people after he was resurrected? He appeared, and we're going to see that. We're going to read some of those stories. What was on Jesus' heart for those people? And even more important, perhaps, is what would it be on his heart if Jesus appeared to you today? In this moment, what would he say or what would he share? What kind of things would he say? See, in Luke chapter 24, verse 35, it says he appeared. That became commonplace, and he is still appearing today. He's here in our midst, whether you know it or not. The Holy Spirit is evident here. He is working and shaking and moving through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew's account of the resurrection, it says a new day was dawning, and that gives us a clue to what Jesus may say or may have for us. I believe the answer today is a fresh start and purpose. A fresh start and purpose. If I was going to 
title this message, I would call it Fresh Start Slash Purpose. And I don't normally title my messages, but, uh, but I like that. Fresh Start and Purpose. So we're going to talk about these things. In fact, let's just talk about it. Who doesn't like a do-over? Come on. Who doesn't like a do-over? I was thinking about it. Have you ever taken a test and you, maybe you didn't study and, uh, or maybe you studied the wrong material and you failed miserably and then it was offered to take that test over again? How many know that's a good day when there's a fresh start or when there's an opportunity for a do-over? I was talking to Pastor Bobby and the first thing that came to his mind was golf, right? In golf, they call those do-overs a mulligan. No, they call that cheating. Not cheating. Yeah, mulligan. Right, mulligan. But, uh, but a do-over. You get to do-over or you, or you just kind of fudge it a little bit, right? Well, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Sean and I, we were in the CrossFit Open. It sounds way more impressive than it actually was. But, uh, but we, we were at a, where we work out. We, we were for three weeks in a row. We were competing and, and keeping track of our workouts. And, and I won't bore you with all the details. But the second week, Pastor Sean and I, we were neck and neck. And they gave us an opportunity to do the workout over again. And I thought, Pastor Sean beat me on the first time, but I thought, hey, if I do this over again, I, I will beat him. And I went, and I redid the workout, and it was miserable. It was a horrible workout. And I got the exact same score. And Pastor Sean, dirty dog, he beat me again. But I was thinking, you know, a, a do-over. Who doesn't like a do-over? You know, I think there's a lot of people who would love a do-over. Maybe a marriage has failed, and they're saying, man, I'd love it to do that over. Or a parenting mistakes maybe come to mind. How many parents in the room have ever made a mistake? Come on, join me in saying hallelujah. Someone's like, oh, yeah, that's hard to admit, but it's so true. Maybe it was a move or a career choice that if you had it over again, if you could rewind, you'd do things differently. Or maybe there's something that had devastating consequences in your life, and you're like, oh, I would love a do-over, a fresh start. Well, a fresh start and a purpose is exactly what we get when we think about the resurrection, when we think about Easter. In fact, in the book of John, in John's gospel, starting in uh, chapter 20, we see four examples of a fresh start and purpose. And the first one, the first story is rooted with Mary Magdalene. Let's read it. It says, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been laying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angel asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned and to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. Can you even imagine? She didn't understand it at that point, but she didn't recognize him. It says, dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? Like he didn't know, right? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and I will get him. Verse 16, she says, Mary. I love that. 
He calls her by name. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which in Hebrew is teacher. He says, don't cling to me. I have not ascended to the Father yet. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave them his message. All of the people, out of all the people in the world that Jesus could have appeared to first after the resurrection, res- resurrection he picked Mary. And not, there are several Marys in Scripture, but Mary Magdalene. This is Mary from the northeast side of Galilee. It would have been unlikely for Jesus to approach a woman first, although there was precedence in Jesus' ministry, the woman at the well, for example. But a woman, but not only that, she was a former prostitute. And on two occasions, Jesus cast demons out of Mary Magdalene. And that's who Jesus approached first? That's who he appeared to? She knew oppression. She knew depression. She knew evil at a deep level. She was an outcast in the religious community. But church, she had been totally delivered by Jesus. She had already received a fresh start. That, and, and now that Jesus would, had been buried, she's thinking it's all over. But it wasn't. She was not shortchanged. It was not over for Mary. In fact, what we see is that Jesus came and appeared and gave her life and possibilities, gave her tremendous purpose. She was told, go and find my brothers and tell them, in verse 17, to share the testimony, to share his word, Mary was the first, honored, unlikely, but honored to hear from Jesus, to have him appear. Now, I want you to imagine someone in your life, maybe the worst person you can think of, the person that's farthest from God, uh, maybe someone that is steeped in addiction or uh, had struggles with evil or or demons or whatever comes to mind. And I want you to imagine A person like that, can you imagine Jesus appearing to them just like he did to Mary Magdalene? Maybe that person is you. Maybe you're here today, and you're like, man, that sounds like me. That, I'm struggling. I've, I'm, you know, depression or oppression or evil all around me. Or, man, there's things in my life that nobody knows, and I am bound with this, with this sin. Listen, these issues, addiction, evil. Jesus, he's here, and he brings a fresh start, and he gives us purpose, just like he did for Mary Magdalene. If you continue in the story, John chapter 20, verse 19, Jesus also appeared to the disciples. Look what it says. It says, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Let's just not blow by that. How many think that's pretty awesome? Jesus could come and go. He could walk through walls. He could just appear uh, pretty crazy, and that's exactly what he did. He did in this case, and he says, peace be with you. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. They were filled with joy. And when they saw the Lord, again he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Then he breathed on them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you have forgiven 
If you forgive anyone's sin, they are forgiven. And if you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. What's happening here? Jesus appears to his disciples, and he gives them a fresh start, and he gives them purpose. They were afraid. They were disillusioned. What did they need? They needed peace. They needed the peace of God, didn't they? And like Mary, they're thinking it's over. They're licking their wounds. They're going back to their business as normal, which we'll see that with Peter in a minute here. They're saying, well, I guess that was a good three years. But they were like, man, what's happened here? And Jesus comes and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. He gives them the Holy Spirit. He fills them with joy, with a fresh start, with purpose. Now, I want you to think of someone in your life that maybe at one point knew God, that served God, but maybe has slipped away, that has been uh, maybe uh, lost their faith, maybe someone that has backslidden, if you are familiar with that term. How many know that Jesus, he wants to appear and give a fresh start and give purpose? Maybe that's you in the room, and you are here like the disciples, and you're saying, man, I once had a thriving faith, but today, if I'm honest, I'm far away from God. For the disciples, Jesus was calling them to live. In in order for them to live, they would have to die to themselves. That was the offer on the table, was death. And they experienced that through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so maybe you're here, and maybe you gave your heart to the Lord at some point in previous, but today there's a fuller understanding of what it really means to be a Christ follower. See, the power of the resurrection was and is linked to our willingness to die. And today is an invitation as Jesus appears to you to step in that direction and say, okay, God, I'm going to make you the Savior of my world. That's the second. The third appearance was with Thomas. In John chapter 20, verse 24, Thomas was not there previous. It says one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus had come. He told them, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nails in his hands and I put my finger into them and I place my hand into the wounds in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, and suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Awesome. Then he said to Thomas, he appeared to Thomas, pursued Thomas, and said, put your finger in here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. And then he says something that I believe that if he were to appear today, he would say this to some in the room, don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told them, told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. What I love about this particular portion of Scripture is that Jesus doesn't shame Thomas for his unbelief. Jesus is patient. He offers peace. He offers a fresh start, a fresh faith. And today, I believe that there are some here today that need a fresh faith as well. 
And if God were to stand before you, if Jesus was here, which he is, he would say, don't be faithless, believe. A fresh start and purpose. Now, I want you to think of someone in your life that fits that bill. Someone in your life that, that, doesn't, uh, that doesn't believe their faith is weak. Maybe they had faith at one time, but they've fallen away, and they are doubting whether Christianity is even a thing. Maybe they've been disillusioned by Christianity, or maybe what a, a popular term these days is maybe they're deconstructing their faith, saying, all right, we're going to take my faith and break it down. And, and uh, that can be positive, but it also can have very negative effects. But listen, I believe if Jesus was here, he would say, don't be faithless any longer, but believe. And it says at the end of that little passage there, blessed are those who have not seen, but have heard your testimony. Thomas not only had a fresh start and a fresh faith, but he had fresh purpose. And he went and he lived for Jesus. Those are the first three. We have Mary Magdalene, the disciples, and then Thomas. But I want to circle back in chapter 21, John chapter 21. We're not going to take the time to read the account. Maybe you know of it. I'll give you a a synopsis of it quick. Uh, Jesus also appeared to the disciples. Uh, There was a group of them together, including Peter. And Jesus pointed out Peter. He pursued Peter. And you say, well, why Peter? What is it about that story? Well, how many know Peter had denied Jesus three times? He had given up. He's like, man, I don't know. Jesus had already appeared to him with the other disciples, but he comes after Peter again. I don't believe that Peter ever stopped believing in Jesus, but Peter was going back to his old life before Jesus. He's going to go fishing. It's the only thing he knew. He was uneducated. He was a total opposite of Paul, the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was educated, Peter not so much, but Jesus pursued Peter and asked Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Jesus, as he asked that, Peter responds, yes, Jesus, you know I love you. And then Jesus would say, then feed my sheep, care for my lambs, and care for my sheep. Talk about a fresh start. Talk about a do-over. When Peter was at the low of the low, he breathes in purpose to take care of his sheep, his lamb, take care to feed the sheep. Confidence, with resurrection confidence, and with Holy Spirit empowered, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. Peter was scared, but now he's empowered. And if you fast forward, you know the story. When it moves into the book of Acts, Peter stands before uh, the, the you know, 3,000 people or more and is preaching the gospel. 3,000 are saved. Where he was timid, now he's confident. Where he was non-active, not, and, and now he's back in the game. And Jesus, his appearance to Peter meant the world to Peter. Now, I want you to think of someone that might fit that bill. Maybe someone that's timid, that's non-active. They're believing. They never lost their faith, but they're on the sidelines. And especially when it comes to sharing their faith, they lack confidence. Can you think of someone like that? 
Jesus wants to appear to them. Or maybe you're that person. You're in the room and you're saying, well, I've got a faith. I've never lost my faith, but I am timid. Or I'm on the sidelines, not engaged. Or I lack confidence in sharing my faith. I believe as Jesus appears to you this morning or this afternoon, that he wants to breathe into your life a fresh start and purpose. Amen? A fresh start and purpose is what's on the table today. You say, well, what do I really need for a fresh start? Well, there's three things. First of all, you need to know that Jesus died for your sins. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Let's not forget that he died for our sins and then he was resurrected. It's not that he was resurrected. He is resurrected, let me say. He is alive and well, but that sin must be judged. He did it in love. He did it for us. He died for our sins. Number two, Jesus is the only way to God. That's the second thing you need to understand for that fresh start. John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's Jesus talking. He's the way. He died for your sins. He's the only way. You say, isn't that a little exclusive? It is exclusive. You say, why is it exclusive? Well, it's the truth. All roads do not lead to heaven. The Bible is crystal clear. It says there's no other name but the name of Jesus that can save. And so we need to put our faith in Jesus. Jesus is the only way to God. He died for our sins. And the third thing you need to know is that Jesus says, you must be born again. John 3, 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He's a pre-believer at this point, uh, uh, a man that Jesus is having this conversation with. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. A few verses later, verse 7, says, Do not be surprised when I say, You must be born again. Born again. So I've got to die and be born again? Exactly. What's on the table is death. It's not optional. But church, the day we decide to die to ourselves is the day we start to really live. When we decide to die to ourselves, we get a fresh start and we get tremendous purpose and we live with his spirit inside of us until he comes. And this is what Easter is all about. I want to go back and just kind of revisit these four appearances, four out of 13. The day we acknowledge our issues, whatever they might be, like Mary Magdalene. She had demons, prostitute, who knows what else. But for us this morning, the moment you acknowledge your alcohol addiction or pornography addiction, or maybe you've been embezzling in some way or another, or maybe there's been some abuse the moment you acknowledge these things, you walk through into new life, just like Mary Magdalene did. You get a fresh start. 
say, yeah, but man, my life, it's full of evil. There's, there's things. Well, listen, when Jesus, when the stone was rolled away, it, it would have been a little stinky, right, if he had been in there in the tomb for a while, kind of like our sin, but that's not what happened. Jesus wasn't there, and the same is true. When we acknowledge our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the Bible says. What would be on his heart if he appeared to you today? If you're like Mary Magdalene and you've got sin steeped in evil and maybe even demons, it would be a fresh start. It'd be purpose. He would speak that into you. Or maybe you're like the disciples who have fallen away. Maybe you once believed and didn't have a full understanding and you've drifted. You didn't understand what it really meant to be a Christ follower, that you had to die to, to yourself to be able to live. And today... If you're honest, you're away from the Lord. If Jesus were to appear to you, what would he offer you? What would, he, what would be on his heart? He would say, I'm giving you a fresh start, and I want to speak purpose into your life. Maybe you're like Thomas. If you're here like Thomas, we want to say welcome. If you're faithless, if you're deconstructing or you're dis- disillusioned by Christianity, I would just say, get into God's word. Understand it. And let the Holy Spirit speak to you. But if you're in a place like that today, I believe Jesus, he'd be interested in giving you a fresh start. He would say, stop being faithless and believe. He would come in and he would give you purpose again. Or maybe you're like Peter, lacking confidence. Or you're saying, man, I've never lost my faith, but man, I'm timid, or I'm disengaged. And Jesus, he would be here, and he would say, hey, here's your purpose. Here's your call, the call of God. And church, this is exactly what we all need. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. And I'm asking the worship team to come. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us in this moment. God, I pray that you're Holy Spirit would be at work, drawing all men. Your word says that if we lift you up, that you will draw men to you. And so today we want to lift you high. God, I pray that you would do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, this morning, a very common, popular verse at Easter is to remember John 3.16. In the NLT, the New Living Translation, it says this. It says, for this is how God loved the world. Pastor Jamie was talking about love earlier and how he's pursuing us. Well, this is the proof of it. It says, he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. You need to believe. Put your faith in him. And then verse 17 says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. It's through Jesus. You must be born again. If you are here this morning and you don't know the Lord, and you're like Mary Magdalene, steeped in sin, you're saying, I don't even know why I'm here. Jesus is here to meet you and to give you a fresh start. If you're here like the disciples, 
and maybe you've kind of fallen away and kind of drifted, he's wanting to bring you back and to give you a full understanding of what it means to be a Christ follower. Or maybe you're like Thomas, saying, man, I'm I'm doubting, I don't know. Jesus, he wants to reveal to you the truth of his word. And I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you're here today and you are ready to receive, to believe, to put your faith in Jesus, I'm going to give you that opportunity. In fact, on the count of three, I'm I'm just going to, in just a moment, I will count off one, two, three. And I want you to respond. And I want you to be ready if the Lord is stirring. And you're saying, man, I I need a Savior. I need Jesus to save me. I want you just to raise your hand. And this is just between you and the Lord at at this moment. If you're here and you're saying, yeah, that's me. I've drifted and I need to come back to the Lord. I want you to raise your hand at the same time. Or if you're like Thomas and you're saying, man, I'm not sure, but I want to believe. And Jesus is saying to you, stop being faithless. Believe. If you're ready to believe, on the count of three, I want you just to lift your hand. You ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hand right where you are. Who's responding? Second service. Yeah. Who else this morning? Saying yes. I see that hand in the back. Yeah. Who else? Saying yes to Jesus. Saying I need that Savior. Yeah. Just right where you are. Just lift your hand. We don't want to rush this. This is the most important. This is why we exist. This is why we're here, to offer salvation. Just slip up your hand. Who else? Yeah. Saying yes to Jesus. Between first service and second service, we got a handful here saying the same. Saying, Lord, save me. And I want to just lead you into a song. Or not into a song, but into a prayer. A prayer, this prayer will not save you. It's you believing. It's you putting your faith in Jesus. And just for those that are here that are praying this, uh, you're going to have others around you. Church, family, would you pray this together with us? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Would you take it? Would you take it? And forgive me. And forgive me. I'm putting my faith in you today. I'm putting my faith in you today. That you died. You were buried, but now you have been risen, and you're alive. I'm putting my faith in you. I believe. And Lord, help me to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship the Lord today. I love that song. It's a story. It's Jesus. It's his story. And part of his story was on the last night when he was betrayed, before he was betrayed, he took bread and he passed it around. He said, this is my body. It's for you. And after he was dead and buried and he was risen from the grave, the disciples they took communion in a different way. It was, they always celebrated the Passover, but now they were remembering Jesus and his body. His body was beaten and bruised. He took tremendous punishment 
on his shoulders. He did it for us. Let's remember that this Easter. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your body that was given so freely for us. We thank you. We're grateful for it. In Jesus' name, let's partake of the bread together. At the same time, Jesus took the the wine, the He passed it around and said, this is my blood. He was redefining the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. And he said, now there's a new covenant. It's rooted in me, in Jesus. And it's the blood of Jesus that provides forgiveness. It also is the blood of Jesus that provides healing atonement. There's power in the blood. Let's thank the Lord for his blood this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what it means to us. Everything we believe in is rooted in your blood shed. In Jesus' name, let's partake of the blood together. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Church, the Bible says that we are to partake in communion like we just did until he returns. And I want to go back to the story, that fourth appearance, when Jesus appeared to Peter. There was a commission on his life to share the story, to make a big deal. And he ended up giving his life for Jesus. But it's that sharing, that over and over. And actually with Mary, Jesus said, Go and tell my brothers. With the disciples, he gave them purpose and empowered them with the Holy Spirit to go and to preach the gospel. With Thomas, again, it was, yes, now that you believe, share the good news. And with Peter, he says, share it, share it, share it. And today, that should be our driving force. It's the only thing that matters in this world. Yesterday, I was at a funeral for one of our missionaries that was tragically killed last Sunday on Palm Sunday. He was on his way to to a church to preach and uh, to share a missions message. And a drunk driver hit him and he was killed instantly. Dean Elliott, some of you remember, he's preached in this pulpit. He was, uh, he's been a part of our mission family for years. At his funeral, though, it, it just reminded me about what really matters. The only thing that matters is us speaking up and sharing the good news, the gospel. And if you're like Peter, who was timid, and maybe on the sidelines, you, you believe, but you're not engaged in sharing today, I want to pray for you that the Holy Spirit would empower you. And let me just say, empower me as well to be the most effective for what's most important in this life is to share the good news of the gospel. And it is our responsibility at the end of this message that we would be the ones that would speak the name of Jesus. And where our final song today is called I Speak Jesus. And so let me pray and then we'll we'll just celebrate with this song. Lord, I pray 
that as you commissioned Mary Magdalene, the disciples, and others, Lord, you are commissioning us to speak your word, to speak your name. God, empower us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Jesus, we thank you for your lordship, for your rule, for who you are. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are high and exalted that we don't serve some God who is still up on a cross, but you have defeated death, hell, and the grave, and you are now high and exalted, waiting to return, Lord. But we thank you that you have called and commissioned us to be your emissaries, to be your ambassadors, that we are heralds of the king of kings and the Lord of lords, leaving this place today to a lost, hurting, and broken world, and let us be your hands and your feet as we are called the body of Christ, that we would be your hands to the hurting, that we would be your feet to the broken, Lord, that we would be people that bring redemption and healing and wholeness to every person we walk around as we leave this place, Lord, that some of us are leaving this place and going to broken families or going to strife, Lord. Some of us are leaving this place and maybe going to be alone, Lord, but we thank you that you rule even in the darkest of nights, in the darkest of situations, in the darkest of places, Lord, and your light now shines in us. So we thank you and we praise you that you are not still on the cross, but that you have defeated death, hell, and the grave, Lord. And we know that as we go, as we leave this place, that you will go before us, you will be behind us, and you will be all around us every single step of the way. Lord Jesus, we give you all the praise and all the glory on this Resurrection Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this week. You can go in the grace of God. We hope you have a great Easter, and we hope to see you next week for our series, Devoted. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.